Welcome to the Fruiting Body Podcast with your host, Brendan. Today, we have a legend of a guest. It is Charlie Massatoon. Um, Charlie is a main speedboat tour guide for uh, Five Star Marine. Now, Five Star Marine, they are our sponsor. But today, actually, I reached out to Sean and wanted to bring a tour guide on to kind of tell that story of you know, growing up in Phuket, Thailand and transitioning into becoming a tour guide for this whole Pangna Bay area. So today, if you're watching this episode, it's going to be primarily uh, targeting and explaining what you can expect from speedboat tour guides in the area of Pangna, the difference between these luxury uh, speedboat tour companies like Five Star Marine versus, you know, your traditional Thai companies as well. Uh, what you should avoid, look out for all those red flags, do's and don'ts. It's going to be packed with that information. Uh, also, we're going to focus on Charlie's life and learn a little bit about what it was like growing up in Phuket and, as I explained, how we transitioned into this career path. Uh, if you're tired of listening to me ramble, we have timestamps below. They go to different chapters of this podcast. You can navigate and find the content that you're looking for. A little bit about who we are. We are Fruiting Body Podcast. Uh, our company is Fruiting Body Mushrooms. Everything is released now. We got Lion's Mane, Reishi, Cordyceps, uh, some Nootropics po uh, products as well, and some mish mu mixed mushroom complex products. Right now, it is on Lazada. It could be, I think it might be live on our website, but you can purchase it on Lazada. Links in the description below if you're interested in that. And again, it helps us support. Um, now, before we get started, we're almost at 5,000 subscribers on YouTube, I believe. So, Give us a subscribe, hit that like, and uh, without further ado, we're going to get this podcast started. Um, okay, so first of all, thank you, Charlie, for joining us today. Much appreciated. Yeah, thank you very much, too. Yeah, sorry, I talk a bit too much in the intros. They go yeah. on and on and on. Yeah, that's fine. Um, you got your lovely five-star yes. uh, Marine shirt on as well. Yeah, thank um, you. And as Sean reached out to us, well, we kind of connected and... We thought it would be interesting to do this podcast about, you know, an actual Thai person that's a tour guide on the boats, you know, your boots in the ground, and you can really dig deep into what people can expect from these type of tours. Just to kind of tell the audience, just because Five Star is sponsoring us, this isn't technically, I'm trying to say, like shill or plug you know five star in that way uh or actually generally thought this would be a good piece of content having a thai tour guide on and really explain what's going on uh on that side of the world and, and in his life so to begin the podcast before we jump into the whole five star stuff and the uh private uh speedboat tours and what people can expect let's just go back a little bit you told me you're your parents were originally from Pangna. That's where you were born. Can you just walk us a little bit about, you know, growing up in Pangna and moving to Phuket and a bit about your life story? Oh, that's okay. So actually, I was born in Phuket, but I was moved to Pangna when I was born like for six months because my parent is not able to treat me. So I just go to Pangna to grow up with my grandpa and grandma. So when I was like four, we just moved back to the Phuket because my dad just able to take care of me now. And then just grow up the most around like by the grandma and grandpa and my dad. And when it was like eight, so my dad and my mom just breaking off. So just stay with my dad. Mm. And then I become like the tour guy for five star. It was kind of a little bit accidentally because my friend just called me in the last minute, like before we go to working. He said like, Charlie, we got a free boat. So you free? Come, please come. I know you can do it. 
and I just come. That is the start of my life to working for Five Star. So there, you're, they were, your friend was looking for some additional help before you went to Five Star. Uh, yes. So actually, my friend, he is uh, one is study together with me on the university. He is a not. He is a manager of the boat manager at the Five Star Marine. Which university did you go to in Phuket? So actually, it's not really university, but it's uh, like of the college. It's a ah, like a vocational. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. But we can just like keep studying from the vocational certificate until to the bachelor degree. What is the Thai education system like? So, did you go to a uh, public primary Thai school? Ah, uh, yes. And where was that located? So, like when I was going to the school, the first I go to the we call Tesabai Mueang Phuket. It's a one of the school in the Phuket city. I was there until like I was twelve. And I moved to Shalom Pekiat to a little bit of higher grade, like seven, eight, nine, and that is the time like to changing. It's also like because I become to be a tour guide. It's also follow my dad. Mm. My dad say just like, oh, you good in English, just go get a tour guide. Be- but beginning, I want to go to be like the chef or cook like that. I like to cooking the food, but I cooking very bad. Mm. So my dad say like, oh, you good in English. Uh, your brain is a uh, remember everything is so far so you should try at least you got English so you can do anything in the in the future you know like that was your dad a tour guide as well uh, no he's a engineer an engineer and yes. w- was he working like civil engineer or was he on working with the boats uh, actually he working in the like the kind of like the hotel system mm. it's for now he's gonna be like the chief engineer now so he take care like a, a bunch of the hotel in the group together. Uh, we're just going to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, uh, Five Star Marine. They're sponsoring this podcast. They're allowing us to produce this on a weekly basis. So a huge thanks. We're very grateful for them as well. Um, if you want to understand who Five Star Marine is, they are a VIP uh, speedboat tour company that you can 100% charter to yourself. That advantage of that I find in Phuket is if you're just jumping around and you know trying to find these speedboat tour companies, they might take you to islands or places that might not be of interest to you, and maybe you can save them on gas. But Five Star, they allow you to kind of cater your own trip and go where you want to go and really create that whole tour of what exactly you are looking for specifically. Um, so go check them out. It's at Five Star Marine Phuket. Uh, I believe Hans will put up a QR code over here as well. And that's a huge shout out to them and especially Sean Stenning. And they're doing also great stuff on the island in terms of Living Waters Phuket, a lot of charity stuff. And they were responsible for feeding the island of Phuket during that, uh, I guess, previous situation. So a big thanks out to Five Star Marine for making this possible. When you are going to public school in Thailand, now, I lived in China, so I understood the Chinese uh, system. It's just very test, test, test. They really, you know, try to make you memorize the the content to be able to pass the test and the high the the top of the class that passes those tests they go to the better schools within china how does the thai school system work exactly yeah it's kind of same but i can say just until you be in the high school like after 15 so about this school is going to be different because high school the most of the people i know they try to teach you about to about your like thinking system more like to be solution of the problem when you get older, when you get into working, something like that. But under 15, everything is like for you go study, remember, test, test, like that. You get a better grade, you go to a better school, something like that. 
And then you're kind of upgrading in these schools within Phuket. Do you ever, is there ever the opportunity that they upgrade you to another city like Bangkok? Uh, no, because I don't really interesting about the thing like that. I just worry about my grandma and grandpa when I was young. Like, oh, I don't want to leave them. I want to stay in Phuket because when I have time, I can go to see them often, you know, like. What, now, when you're growing up, and again, in Phuket is very different than cities in Bangkok or Chiang Mai. There's different job opportunities. When, you're, when you were growing up, you said, okay, your dad said you speak good English. Maybe you could be a, a tour guide. Most of your friends that you grew up with, what type of career paths did they go towards after school? Uh, it depends. You have to make like a timeline. When you was young, you get into high school, you get into college. So it's all different. When I was young, like about seven, eight, the most like, oh, I'm going to be a doctor, I'm going to be a pilot, I'm going to be a police teacher, something like that. But when you get hired, like after 12 to 15, so it ought to be like, oh, I want to be the constructor, I want to be like the kind of like mechanical in the industry, like that. More is going to be some like, oh, I'm going to be the flight attendant, I'm going to be like pilot, it's going to be more like that. It's going to be... Mm -hmm more like multiply working that is uh, the kid looking more yeah making things much more simple so as a child you grow up um most of them you have these dreams for maybe greater jobs a doctor a politician <laughs> what what why is this typical in thai society where these dreams they stop and and people kind of decide to uh, maybe take on something that could be easier for them to to handle or oh i can say it is uh the most of the reason that the kids stop to do the dream is because about the breakout of the family. Because the some they're not able to support about the payment of the university, about a lot of the things that you have to pay when you get older, get into the university. Like it's a ton of the money. Like I know that when I was like 20, because I just working on fr Monday to Friday and Saturday I go to the university to study so i know there's a lot of money to spend on the university to spend on the education and everything so many of the thai family they're not very able to support that so that stopped the dream of the kids yeah i never thought of it that way especially like if you want to be a dentist um you need to be at school for 10 years and during those 10 years you can't be making money because you need to be studying right oh uh, yes that's right that's i never thought of it that way that's that's interesting and uh, I, maybe the listeners that's something again that's i never thought of it in that 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 kind of perspective um most of your friends that you grew up with what type of jobs are they doing now in phuket what's available for people like yourself oh uh, so for my friend that we keep in touch now the most of them is going to be working for the tourist company there's some like the operator, there's some like the tour guide, there's some like the captain, some like working like kind of like the driver for the company. Most of them like that now. And others like maybe um, are they going into the hotels, maybe uh, working in restaurants. Is this usually like coming at a school, um, at a Thai public school in the universities in Phuket, this is the type of career paths that are available? Yeah, I can say it like this because when we study in a university, so about the subject that we study is about the tourism. So the most of the, my friend, they, anyway, they go to about the tourism, like the tourist company, or maybe like the tourist agency, like you, they send the customer to the, that company, this company, go that company, something like that more. We don't really able to try other kind of the career, like the hotel or restaurant, because the university that forced us to do that, 
that making us to do that because every six about the six month or five month that we have to go out to internship. So if we're not going to the company, that is the same way of the subject that we study. So the university they will not approve it. Okay, understood. Now, as you're growing, how old are you now? It's twenty five. Twenty five. So you're still young. Yeah. I'm about. No, I'm thirty seven, but <laughs> I, lo- I look about a hundred. Um, as you're growing in your your career. And we'll, we'll get into this because you have worked for other um, touring companies. So we'll explain the difference between maybe working with uh, these luxury companies versus the traditional Thai companies. And what are the differences, what you can expect? The question more is, um, when you're going through your career path, do you have a, a big goal for yourself, maybe to own your own touring company? What, what do you see for yourself in the future? Uh, so I have to say is uh, the first year, the first few years that I get into this career. So I have no idea. I just go enjoy it, uh, get money, spend money. That's it. That's what I think. That is what I thought in the past. So when I get older, like I am start to working for Five Star Marine, I kind of like have the mindset like, oh, I'm going to work here for a few years and getting something better to get more experience. But, John, I don't want to leave you yet. <laughs> and I think that that's expected with every employer. Um, yeah. As you're young and growing, like, you know, we all have our experiences and we, we move around and whatnot. Um, I mean, do you see yourself creating six-star Marine one day? No. Uh, I have no idea, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, in- interesting. So let, let's uh, let's jump into it now. Um, tell us your, your experience, your first working experience as a tour guide. Tell us some stories. What was that like? Yeah, so I can say it like the first experience, like the tour guide, is have to go back about when I was like 18. That is the first time of the university that let you go out to make like the internship with the company. So my first time to be a tour guide on the boat, like the real tour guide, just not like the tour guide assistant. I was go to the Kai Island from the Phuket, like 15 minutes, and I make my customer gone on the island. I can't take him back. Oh, you did you forgot them there? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so this now you're doing speed boats or long tails? Uh, that is by speed boat. Okay. Yeah. So th- now is this like the first day, or the first week? Oh, that's the first day. First day. It's like oh, very bad. It's like bad experience. What, I, what, what did your uh, boss say? Oh, I just walk around like spend like thirty minutes on the island going around, but it's just a small island, like maybe a hundred square meter there. But I can't follow them mm. because I forgot how they look like. Mm. Because uh, when I was young, I not very focused on what I working, you know. So it's just like, oh, it's fun. Walk around, get some stuff, go to the water. So where's the customer? Oh, I don't care. Something like that. It's kind of, again, when you're young, you kind of, you want the money. You get your money, you get your paycheck, you yeah. enjoy your paycheck. Is this normal um living in Phuket as a, as a Thai person are a lot of uh, similar friends kind of, we say in English, like living just hand to mouth, meaning are, are, do we have saving plans or are we just making money to live our, live the weekend? Can you explain like this, this mentality of, of that lifestyle? Uh, I have to say it uh, depends on the people, but personally I can say for me, I'm kind of like the bad habit because uh, I never touched a lot of money before. Because my family is not very good to spend a lot of money to me. Um, when I touch a lot of money, so I kind of like spend a lot because I make it myself. So no one can control me. Uh, many of my friends work like that too. 
But when we get like about the 1920, when we get into the seriously company that we have to working very seriously, when we get the tour guide ID, so everybody like start to be thinking to save the money. But just a sum like, because a sum they have to anyway, they have their own business like from their family. So anyway, they have to save money already, you know. And they also save money for making the company bigger anyway. So for me, it's depend on the personality. It's not the same. Yeah, depend. I guess that can be applied to Western culture. We, I mean, it's it, to any culture and well, it depends like if you have that mentality to save or not. Yeah. Um. So you explained your story. You've we'll jump back to. I'm kind of jumping around here, which is great about a podcast. We can do that. Yeah. Your first story. You left the. You left the guests on the island. They got a little bit lost. Um. Let's jump forward. And what are some of the major differences working with? Five Star Marine versus maybe these Thai speedboat companies. Just explain what are those differences, some of the red flags you could, you know, you could face, and just talk about that a little bit more in detail. Okay, so for the Five Star Marine that is uh, owned by Sean, he is a foreigner, and with the Thai company, the first I have to say is about the freedom. Because uh, for us, we run like the private charter tour, right? But the other they know, they like to run the joy tour. So for them, we have to do everything, follow the routine. Everything have a timing like, oh, we go on the Maya Bay one hour here. And next we move to Pilate Lagoon, something like that. But for five star, we are different. So we are coming to the pier and we talk first. So like me, in the morning, I go to talk with the captain team, with the crew team. Like, oh, what's going to plan today? So how we can deal with the water level. So we should go here first or we should go there first to avoid from the crowd. Because for us, we are private, so we would like to take the tourists to the real private, so as possible as we can away from the people, you know. This is a thing that is different from the Thai company. Yeah, and you're actively, uh, how to explain, like, are you watching the, or, or trying to understand maybe, where do you think the other companies are going today to avoid them? Uh, how, yeah. how, do you, how do you know where they're going? Because uh, we have experience, like all the crew team, they also work on the company like that before. Like me, I also work on the company like that before. So we know the routine. So the first we check the water tie, the water level in the morning. So we know like, oh, if you go here, so you have a time like five hours from maybe 10 to like three in the afternoon. So you can get into the Pillay Lagoon. Because for the PP, Pillay is the uh, one is controlling the boat. Because if you cannot get into the Pillay Lagoon, the most of the customer will complain you because that is one of the highlights at the PP Island. So we know that very well. So we can see like, oh, if you go here, so they're going to go here first. So we can a little bit go late from them, maybe like two hours or three hours. So they're going to go on already. Yeah, you, they don't want to show up and have like a thousand people. They yeah, want to get their course. picture. That, that's, it, that's an interesting point, at least so that the timing is made so it's more convenient for the guests to handle as well. Do you, what is your craziest story as a tour guide uh, working for Five Star that you can share with us? Oh, Crazy, not really, but I done the some crazy stuff like, uh, if you know Alex is a one of the, our tour guide in the five star company. He is the one to start going to swim into the sea cave in the Panga Bay, and I did it too. Follow him, but when I did it, it's a cave. It's not open yet. We get stuck in the cave like for uh, like thirty minutes in the cave with the customer, to able to get into the lagoon. So customer say, oh. How long? I said, five minutes, five minutes. Oh, keep talking. You keep talking. So he said, oh, it's okay. It's okay. And we're just floating in the cave, like 
about a feet from the sea level mm-hmm. to the ceiling. That's it. And we're waiting about a 30 minute to the cave open that we're able to get in. You're waiting for the tide to go down? Yeah. Um, are you able just to dive down and go through? Or? Uh, it's kind of like that cave is kind of like a little bit low. So if you can do that, you have to be can hold your break very long. Oh, okay. I can say that. Yeah, <laughs> and unless you're a free diver, you're probably going to end up having some problems. <laughs> uh, as people are going around and your customers approach you in the morning, before you're going out, what are the common questions they're going to be asking you about their day? Oh, it's uh, the number one question is they have a lot of people on the island. I can say yes. Anyway, so this is a beautiful island, beautiful place. So anyway, people would like to go there to see, you know, anyway, one in a lifetime. So always like a lot of people there, how many people on the boat? So I say just your family and three of our staff, like me to a guy, captain and crew on the boat. That's it. Yeah, I, I heard um, like, well, some people will ask, you know, are there sharks? Do you, do you get these questions a lot? If I'm going swimming, is there a chance of a shark? Is oh, it dangerous? Oh, yeah. So I heard that a lot, but just the most when we go to PP Island because they see... They saw the picture in the social, like, oh, they got sharks there. They go scuba diving, something like that. I can say yes for the sharks, but I can't guarantee, but it's half in PP Island. It's just the little black reef tip sharks, right? Uh, it's a uh, depend on the locate you are going to. If you go, like, in front of the Maya Bay from the beach, you just see, like, the baby tiny sharks on the shore. But if you go kind of, like, in the north of the PP Island, like the Bamboo Island, that's a place I saw the like the huge shark there, like about three meter there. Oh shit! Yeah. What kind of shark is that? It's a black tip reef shark, but anyway, it's scary. Is it dangerous? Uh, by their behavior of the them, so they not attack people first, except you breeding. Yeah, but the normal food of them is the fish and uh, kind of like the weak weak fish there that gets some damage or they get fired and then they weak almost die. Mm. That's a normal food for the shark there. Okay, so there's, it's just a bigger black tip yeah. reef shark. Yeah. Okay, I've seen the smaller ones. I've been to Bamboo. Bamboo is very underrated. The Now, there a lot of people show up there yeah. for, for the boat companies, but the snorkeling there is amazing. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I didn't realize. Like We had a long tail take us from Maya Bay. Yeah. I was staying at, at Kopp. Sorry, took us from Kopp, and we went to Bamboo across. And yeah. Wow, amazing. Yeah, amazing, yeah. So I can say because... Over there is not every day you can do snorkeling. You have to waiting about the nip tie of the day, or maybe like after half moon, a few days. That's a perfect day to go to the sea. The current is smooth. That day you can do snorkeling there. If you go like in the full moon, that the day is the current very strong. Oh, if you jump here, you maybe you go up over there, like ah, five okay. meter away yeah. from the boat. Yeah, kind of like that. Yeah, it's like that in Kolipe as well. If you're going scuba diving. On the full moon, the current's just too strong. You, yes. cannot, you cannot go as well. Do, uh, what are your kind of top three uh, destinations when you're taking off from the pier that you personally love to go to? Oh, I can give only one. It's the number one. It's uh, Koha and Kofrog. It's about two hours from the Phuket to there. Oh, Ko- Koha. Koha, yes. The one but down by um, like Atlanta almost. Oh, uh, yes. Okay. So the one is uh, Goha and other one is Gorok. But actually, if we do the two of two Goha and Gorok, we do it together, right? So that is uh, number one I can give it. Because uh, if you go to Surinana, it's so far away on the van to get to the pier. And also two more hours on the boat to the Surinana Island. But Surinana Island is always exceptional. That is always beautiful. But if you don't like to go very far like Surinana Island, 
I can say Goha and Gorok is the best. The coral is very healthy, and you can spend like three, four hours snorkeling around Gorok. Like, you will not get bored about it. It's everywhere. It's a nice coral, healthy coral. It's a lot of fish everywhere. Yeah, I I haven't been to Koha. I've meant to. It's it's difficult to get to. Uh, um, from I think from here it's it's about two hours on the speedboat. Or, yes. Yeah, and or you can go from Lanta as well, or yes. or go from Rally Beach. Oh yes. Uh, but it's very. I heard it's even one of the best scuba diving locations. Oh, I heard that too, and also I heard about the Gold Rock about the last year that before we closed it about the getting into the monsoon season. Mm. I saw the some of the scuba diver they go scuba diving there. And they saw about bull shark there as well. A bull shark? Bull shark. Those yeah. are dangerous though, Yes. No? Str- is it very rare to see this? Oh, like uh, yeah, bull- very rare. Wow. And usually, I thought the bull sharks will usually be in the canals or maybe the mangroves. I never saw in the mangrove in the canal before, but that was surprised because they took a lot of pictures and video. They swim around, got rock, like so amazing. Uh, now, in the whole Pangna Bay area, um, you get these smaller stingrays. Have you seen them? Oh, yeah. I s- often see I them. I saw a, f- a friend. She was stung by one last week. <laughs> and apparently it was the most pain she's ever had in her life. Oh, uh, yeah. Are you able... Have you seen anyone get injured from different fish or stingrays? Oh, I can say the most of the fish that you can get injured is... A, one is a stingray, like a sand ray. And the other one is kind of like a scorpion fish because it looks like the rock in the water. And about the sand mixed with the mud, that's the place they like it to stay like that. Uh, one of the our team when they was there, they got stung by the one of the kind of like the scorpion fish, and he was crying. I never saw he crying before. He's very strong guys, but he was crying and he's like lay down, can't move, and his leg like getting bigger a lot. So. Yeah, those and also the um, you know the sea urchins with the spikes on them. Yeah, um, the, are these quite dangerous or is it not that? Too uh, bad? I can say it is. Uh, depends on the position you get stung by the the pipe of the of the sea urchin. If you get about the anchor, it's gonna be a little bit dangerous because it's get into the blood line, so you can just like waste a lot of the blood. But if about the feet, that's fine. So you just get a little bit, hit them to make it gone. And then when you're back home, put your feet into the warm water or hot water that will be healed very fast. So just a few days, you will be fine. Yeah, I saw some friends, they were stung by them before and, and kind of the pain they said was just unbearable. They said, <laughs> oh, it was impossible. I don't, I don't know. But you see them everywhere when you're snorkeling and, yes. s- and scuba diving. And um, Do Thai people, do you eat them as well? Uh, I saw that it's a coming back to very famous to eat them but I can say it is different because they just try to compare with the uni from the Japan right yeah. but I can say we are on the different sea and in the sea we are all different about the plankton about the element in the water so I can say it is not good to eat in Thai because you can get food poison very easy because you don't know it's clear there the water there is clean or the guys who cutting for you open for you to eat it is clean very well or not you don't know that yeah and the warmer water usually it's, this is better in a bit colder water yes, I think. yes well. like in the japan like it's a uh, getting very popular and it's uh, very famous because about the lifestyle of the people in the japan they do everything clean about the boat how to get it and about the rule that this you can get is like just this side not 
bigger or smaller and how many you can get it they're limited so i can say it's about the quality is much better in the japan but i've never been there but i tried some when they imported yeah it's not bad i would try at the seafood restaurants that especially the japanese ones as well so good yeah the uh, talking about quality but let's talk about quality in another a different way um the quality between you know going with with five star on on these luxury speedboat tours compared to dealing kind of with um the traditional thai um thai companies doing yeah. speedboat tours in terms of safety and safety quality can you explain some stories that that maybe there's some risks or what are the differences what could people should be aware of uh so because i work in the thai company before so when we do the private charter tour as well like the five star company so what we are doing we control them everything but they just get the boat but everything we run like the normal tour we run follow my bay pilate lagoon swimming snorkeling monkey have lunch at the same restaurant with them with the normal tour mm. but for the five star we are kind of different so we don't need to run follow the routine that every day mm. uh so just like the some day is a low tide maybe we have to that just because the tide is uh, controlling us but the some day we don't need to do that so we can do like oh we go there first do some snorkeling get on the beach away from the people oh we go to the lunch for the lunch um we give you an advice like Uh, how you like to have it thai food western food so we know the place on the pp island very well so if you like to get italian so we have to walk a little bit from the beach to get to a nice italian food restaurant or if you like to get a coffee we know the best coffee shop on the pp island if you like to get thai food local we also know that very well so this is thing that make us different from the normal thai company yeah it's much more customized yes. and it's flexible to yeah. change depending on what the customer wants yeah and even the customer they have the ability to kind of even if they had an idea when they started the tour they can change as they're going uh i can say it about that is uh, le- we have we can talk before we get on the boat but if we're heading out already like yeah. the halfway so that's impossible yeah. you know like yeah, you can't go here and yeah yeah um the for any customers or potential you know people coming on these types of tours especially with five star Could you walk us through the tour guide's day with the customer from the minute they get to the pier to the time you take them home? Oh yeah. So like the first minute the tour guide at to the pier, the first we have to check all the stuff that going to be on the boat like the mask, snorkel, fin, life jacket, water, there's some like the special request like the wine, a uh, glass of wine or maybe champagne or the ice bucket for keeping the wife very cold when they get on the beach something like that that's the first minute and the second we go to the boat before the customer come talking with the team so how we going to run the tour today so you like to go there first or you like to come here first or let's see the water level so because we try to make everything is easy for the team and also for the customer as well because if they like it they do the best anyway So we don't need to force them oh you have to do this do this make it the best no we just make them easy to working so they will make it the best Is it a long day? I mean what time are they getting there what time are they getting back? Uh it depends so if you like to away from the crowd I can say you can start very early like maybe 6 leaving from the pier or maybe like 6:30 leaving from the pier you can be there like the first boat from the Phuket but I can't guarantee the first boat from the local area there because many time we take off around 5 and when we arrive there it's got boat already 
from the PP Island. Uh, you leave at five in the morning. Oh uh, yes, I'm Tom. Okay, and you're getting back by afternoon, or these people are out for twelve hours. Uh, not really. It depends on for the some people, but actually, we when we run the tour, we don't making over than eight hour because you have nothing to see. We sh we can show you everything in a six or seven hour already. So that's gonna be the overtiming. So you have nothing to see. Uh, now dealing as a tour guide, yeah. from your perspective, you're dealing with luxury boats. Sometimes at, at this level, you deal with clients or guests that expect top, the best of the best. Have you ever had to deal with, you know, sometimes a client where it's like, all right, easy, calm down. Like they think they're the, you know, the prince, of, or, you know, the, the god of the world where you're like, take it easy, buddy. Mm -hmm. Or are the guests generally easy to get along with? Uh, so I can say it because the, when the people can afford about the private charter tour, the most they can, like, they are easy. The most of them, just a some, they're kind of a little bit bossy, but they're fine. So we always have the technique because that's the reason why we go to the university, you know. About the subject, they're also teaching us how to deal with the people. Um, so that is not bad, depends on the people. Who's usually the hardest ones to deal with? Chinese, Russian, Europeans? Um... Canadian. Canadians? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have to say like this, the most of the, the national that I don't like it is the Indian. Indians are, uh, maybe they're very demanding. Yeah, yeah. There are a lot of the demanding. They want everything, but sometimes we can't do that, you know. Yeah, no, I mean, if you've lived in uh, the world, planet Earth or Asia, yeah, d Indians can be a bit demanding sometimes. Yes, something too. like that. Yeah, so. It's a little bit hard to deal with the Indian because... Uh, Sometimes they're kind of a little bit like, oh, I want to go there, I want to go there, I want to go there. But sometimes we have to go, we have to go there first and come back here, but they don't really understand. Mm. Yeah. And other sometimes there can be misunderstanding with us, you know, like yeah. it's happened a lot. Yeah, understood. Um, now, typically your day, you're getting up in the morning, you, you gotta, I'm guessing you got to be up at four o'clock or something at least, maybe 4.30. Mm, not really, it depends on the day because uh, every day we got a different boat, different tour. Yeah. Different tour destination, different customer depends. So actually, when we wake up, it's a before. Like for me personally, I wake up one uh, one hour early than the time we have to stand by at the office on the board. So I gonna take a shower like thirty minutes, take a ride about thirty minutes on the way, stop on the shop, get uh, some breakfast and a tea in the morning, and then go to the working. That's a routine. Are and you living in Phuket Town? Yeah, I living in around Gossi Ray. Yeah. But most, uh, a lot of Thai people on the island that are working on the island, most live in Phuket town. Why is that? Uh, because it's easy to go everywhere and it's a very short way. So if you live in Talang, so it's not able to go to the Shalong to working because it's very far away, right? So from Talang to Shalong is like 40 minutes. So they're going to be make your hard work and waste a lot of money to fuel your bike, fuel your car, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the reason why... When the people staying in the Phuket town, they work around there because they don't want to get a traffic and wrong ride back home and wrong ride go to working. And do you have a, a lot of friends living in Phuket town as well? It's a good community? Oh, yeah. I still got uh, some friends working and uh, living in the Phuket town. But the most of them is uh, going to Panga. One of my best friends going to Panga because he worked on the other company for the Panga. Like he worked for the Smilan and Surin Island. At the Kaulak. So he'll drive there every day? Uh, No, he stay there. Ah, okay. okay. Yeah, because yeah, I was going to say that's got to be <laughs> two hours, right? Yes, kind of like that. Yeah. 
And for yourself, when you come home at the end of the day, uh, what, what do you do to, you know, stay busy? What are some of your hobbies and activities? So because uh, my hobby, actually, I just like to play guitar, but it's kind of like a very bad guitar skill. But I just fun with it and a little bit enjoy on the social, like, oh, see the people doing that, doing this. Oh, that's uh, silly stuff on the Facebook, something like that. Maybe someday cooking for my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maybe someday go pick her up from the the working. Someday depends. She's working in Phuket. Oh uh, yeah, she's working at the tour guide too. But she's working on kind of like the bus on the bus. What what is it's like tour bus the tour bus? Yeah, kind of like that. And is it mostly who's going on those tour bus? Mostly Chinese or is uh, it mix? For now, it's kind of like the the Russian now. Oh, okay. Yeah, because we have the big tourists from the Russian now. But I can say the Chinese coming soon. Yep. I'm going to make the Phuket very traffic jam again. I think, yeah, because you'll get the big tour buses going around the island. And yes. The big jam. Cra- and she traffic jams could be coming. Is she kind of a tour? She's a tour guide on the tour bus? Yes. So she, her English must be very good as well. Uh, I have no idea, too. I never heard she speak English. So You, you guys uh, will only speak Thai to each other? Yes, to each other. Yeah. Okay, okay. We've got to unlock that door. <laughs> see, who's, see who's Thai is better. Um, now, I noticed one thing, and... and Living in Phuket and, and Thailand, you the younger generation, you, you see them always driving around, uh, you know, Phuket. I call them, I guess the name is Wenwen. Oh, Wenwen. Wenwen. <laughs> and they're always on the motorbikes. Can you explain to the audience, like, what is a Wenwen? What are they? We see them everywhere. They're on the oh. motorbikes. What oh, is, it, is this a gang? Is it a community? Who, what is this about? Oh, so I have to say like this for the Wenwen. Actually, oh, Ngen Ngen. It doesn't matter how you call it. It's about the kind, about the teenage they try to get into the community because I can say many people that I know, they also go ngan ngan every day. I can say because about the background of the family as well. It's a very sad story because sometimes they're not able to get about the warm family. I can say that. And then friends and then the people in the communicate about the motorbike, about the ngan ngan like that, it can warm them. So that's the reason why they go and, and, and make follow everything for the friend or older people because they feel like, oh, they're safe there. They feel, oh, I feel so warm. This is like my family. But the some, it's just about the lifestyle. Some lifestyle, but the some, they're looking for the place they feel free, feel safe, and feel warm. Well, it's, and it, again, so people understand, it's like when, when, or neng, neng. It's because the noise of the motorbike. Yeah, wah, wah. yeah. Okay. These communities, but are they are they gangs? Are they doing anything like uh, a legal activity, or they're just hanging out? Uh, depends. There's some, but I can say the illegal thing that they did is about the vape, vaporizer. Oh, okay. The most they're doing that, <laughs> and about the cigarette, because the some of them is under eighteen, is not able to smoke cigarette yet. Um, for the under eighteen, the most they like go to the vape, see each other, maybe a little bit racing on the public road. That's it. But for the older, is, uh, I have no idea too, but because I never get in that too. Yeah, yeah I noticed though, sometimes uh, you'll see the, like the Wen Wen gangs over here. And I f- you always see, it's like a package. It looks like a package from the pharmaceutical company. I think it's Tramadol, Tramadol, uh-huh. or maybe like, and, and like a Thai, a Thai like, looks like a medicine drink. What are they drinking? What are they taking? Uh, actually, we call that is a uh, Gatom. Gatom is kind of like the, the leaf. We boil it mm. and we mix with the Coke and the, the syrup, like kind of like the 
called medicine for the kid yeah. to make feel like get high, something like that. And this is usually what they're taking as Us, well. Yes. Is it because it's very cheap and easy to make? Uh, no, it's because you can get in the community. It's very uh, easy. That's how they let them in. Yes. I notice as well, and what we hear a lot, and especially in this area, um, is there an epidemic or is there problems with like Yaba in Phuket? Oh, for me personally, I never get a lot of impact from the Yaba because the most of the people I know, they will not take that. Mm-hmm. They're not taking that. But the some I know, you know very well like about their behavior of them. So they do everything like, oh, I want that, I want that. Maybe sometimes they're talking by, your, by themselves, like no one around and talking, oh, I want to do that, oh, You are so crazy! Like what? You did know? you see? Did you see it a lot growing up in Phuket, or is it not too? It's not too much. Um, I have to say, like I saw it a lot when I work for kind of like in the sea, in the marine, because in the marine is no police, so and everything is easy. If you heard about the news a lot after they import the drug from the other country, or maybe from the in the middle of the ocean, the more they take from the boat because it's Nobody can take it. Nobody can catch them. Nobody can see them, right? Also, in they would take by the boat on the boat. Everything is freedom, so mm-hmm. no one can control you. No rule. No police. Where is it? Is it coming from? Is it coming from Thailand or other countries? I have no idea too yeah. about that. Yeah, because you see it always on the news in Thai news. Always yeah. catch the police are catching yaba yeah. or driving around catching yes. yaba. Yeah. So for for angs and expats. We don't really, because we don't even see the Thai news. We kind of hear it a bit, but we don't really understand yeah. um, of what's going on and those stories behind it and how it's affecting people. Sometimes you see some crazy people around here, and yeah. maybe it's dangerous. But um, it's just interesting to know from your a Thai perspective, like uh, what are your thoughts on it and what you're seeing around here. Yeah. Um, ne- next for you, I mean, on a day like today, you obviously it's your day off. You're you're on the podcast. Um, are you working five days a week, seven days a week? Uh, it depends. If we get busy, I can work every day, so I'm fine with that. Because uh, I can get the day off to keeping for the raining season, or that we call the low season for the to a company, because that is a let a little bit quiet more than normal in the summer like this. So I can keep the day off to that day, to that summer, or to that uh, raining season mm-hmm. to go travel. So it's okay for me to work every day. Yeah, it starts to slow down. Yeah, now's the high season, yeah. and then it will slow down. When do you think? Maybe May or June? Oh, uh, actually, it had to be May, but this year I can say it's gonna be a little bit late. Maybe about uh, June or July. That's what I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm thinking June. I feel like everything's moved two months. Yeah, like because we it was raining this year in like yeah, November. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I feel like everything's moved, which is it's good if it's good for for me living here <laughs> because all the tourists kind of leave and then. I feel like I get like April to July where the hotels are cheaper. Yeah, it's not yeah. too busy, but right here, this I don't leave this area from December to March. It's just too busy. Yes, It's of too course. many people. Yeah, because uh, I can say actually, December and January is the most peak month of the years in Phuket. I can say it about the February and March is a little bit more quiet, but we still got the impact from the December and January. And getting easy now. Yeah, now it's been. I mean, we say on the beach here, it's little Russia. There's so many Russians. The beach is crazy. There's 
impact on on yourself now were you working with Sean during the whole covid pandemic as well uh actually for me i'm start to working for Sean like little bit after covid pandemic but we still got some like when it's june july before we have sandbox with the with the government so i can say it is good during that time yeah. um w- the pandemic were you in phuket the entire time yes can you talk a little bit about your experience what you saw what it was like um that is a thing i never saw in my life before to locking myself into the house and i can't go anywhere if i want to go out i have to put the face mask on that's a thing i never saw it before i thought it's going to be only in the hospital that um but for me i have to say like this i luckier because uh, during covid pandemic i'm still study I just do the online class in my house. That's it. And just maybe a little bit go in the front of the house, a little bit planting the vegetable, uh do the something different with the family more, something like that. I don't get a a big impact from the COVID pandemic. The, the people in Phuket at that time because you're in Phuket town at this point, yeah? Yes. Could you see them was it difficult? Were they struggling? Was it was it an, like issues to get money to be able to survive? Oh yeah, that is a big issue for the people. Uh I can say this uh, some people if they don't plan before to have a backup money. So there's a lot there's a big problem for them because we have to lock down ourselves in the house like maybe two a few months, right? So if you don't have enough spare money or the backup money, so you can't survive because about the help from the government that not enough. You have to survive by yourself like anyways because we locking down right but about the some grocery store or the delivery people they still can work so we can order but that's still to use money that's what did the what did the government provide as well they're pi- providing money every month uh no they provide about the the need food like the life bag something okay. something like the rice the instant noodle oil eggs something like that is i think it's a, a a bag for person in the house So it's depend how many person in the house you have how many per member of your family were they giving this to you as well yes and did everybody need these life bags like if the government did not provide them would it have would had would it have been quite difficult um i think everybody everybody needed because yeah. uh, we are survived by the rice right we eat all the meal by the rice for the thai people um i think for the government is a little bit late for the life back but that's okay better than nothing you know mm-hmm. but there's something that is uh, i can say it, there's something they provide for us is a thing that we don't need it kind of like the seasoning about the fish sort anyway in every house they have it oyster sort maybe there's some like the thing that stuff we have it in every house i can say it, they can replace from that to be the more rice that will be better or more eggs will be better. Well, let's hope we we don't need that again. And yeah, I hope that's so. That's finished now, right? I hope so, yeah. Yeah. Um on a lighter note, um I was I saw that you did a documentary with CNN on Maya Bay. Oh yeah. Can you talk about that experience? Um so actually in that experience is uh, the first experience for me on their camera. So I kind of live it very very nervous about that. I worry about to I going to say something mistake, going to say something bad. And I have no sunglasses on, and just like oh, they can see my eyes, so I feel oh, not comfortable. But it's different, so it's just like break the wall for me, like because I'm making the wall about 
to get on the camera like this. So I'll be not very comfortable. But today it's different now. When you're you're working with them, what was your job with that documentary? You're just explaining Maya Bay and what was going on? Uh, so actually on the point for me that we are working with the news reporter, for me it's about to showing them how different between live coral and dead coral underwater, whereas uh, we go snorkeling. So the result is like where we go to try to looking for the dead coral. That is much more dead coral than we expecting. It's just like everywhere dead coral because the damage from the boat, damage from the people step on it, the damage from the anchor because there's some people, they're not very really aware about the environment, right? And about the some, they don't care about the rule. Even we have the mooring to controlling already. Like you can't enter on there. You have to stay outside. They're still going inside. Yeah, be the government closed Maya Bay for, I think, two years. Oh, it's about three years and three. eight months, something like and that. And now is it completely open and crazy again? Uh, not really. Not They're like controlling before. it. Yes, because uh, the rule is uh, coming out for the Maya Bay. It's uh, allow you to go on the beach walk to the water a little bit, maybe a feet or the feet and a half deep of the water, so under the knee. But you really can't swim there. When you try to go to swim or go deeper than a meter, so you have the park ranger bow the whistle and call you back on the beach. And they're not letting the boats come into the bay now? No, You no have more. to come from the back? Yes. And then go through the kind of cave? Oh, uh, no, it's just like a little bit grab between the mountain. Yeah, yeah, and then you walk walk like five minutes to the to the beach. The lineup and the amount of people to go through this entrance must be crazy. Yeah, it's a uh, depend on the timing. Like I told you, because uh, we know, I can say it about ten, eleven, twelve. That is the most crazy time that I ever saw it. Everywhere boat and on the beach, on the pier, everywhere people like crazy on the beach there. Yeah, it's glad to glad to see they cleaned it up. The, the sharks were coming back during because yeah. we were here during COVID and uh, you could really see it changing a lot. So it's, it's good to see as well. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we're just about to wrap this one up. I think we hit about an hour almost. 45 an hour? 50. 50. Perfect timing. Um, so first, oh, I want to thank Charlie for jumping on the podcast. Uh, I hope everyone got some great information about this. I'm going to explain in a second where you can get more information and hopefully Charlie can be the tour guide as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So th thanks a lot for coming on. Uh, 50 minutes and I got to take a quick bathroom break. So it's the perfect time. Um, just before we wrap this up, I'll leave links in the description to Five Star Marine. And again, a special shout out to Five Star Marine for sponsoring this podcast. They help us with the production to make this happen and continue creating content like this every single week. Let us know in the comments if there's any guests you want to bring on. Let us know your thoughts on this podcast as well. Uh, if you want to find them quick, it's on Instagram at Five Star Marine Phuket. Again, links are in description. And uh, before we end, yeah, we hope you can subscribe and like and hope you enjoyed this video. So that's another wrap up of the Fruiting Body Podcast and we're out. <laughs>